0: This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network.
1: Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving all of in June.
0: Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy to. Now, today, Saturday, is a big day in Irish history. For the first time, the Stallman Assembly... We'll have a First Minister who is a nationalist, indeed a Republican, and it is a new beginning for the North and, indeed, for the whole island. And it has come after two years when the Assembly didn't sit and after the DUP and the British government came to an agreement about the post-Brexit arrangements. And it's a great pleasure now to welcome to the stand Tanishda, Minister of Foreign Affairs, and indeed the leader of Fianna Michal Martin. Tanishda, thank you very much for joining us. This is a very historic moment. How much do you feel that history, how important will it be, do you think? Not to make too much of it, but there's no doubt at all, is there, that a Sinn Féin First Minister in the north is momentous. Uh,
1: It is a very significant day um, a significant day for Michelle O'Neill and I want to wish Michelle O'Neill the very best. Uh, We've been in in touch with with Michelle and all the other party leaders for quite some time now to get the executive back up and running um, and the assembly. So uh, it's a very significant day from that perspective uh, from the fact that it's the first time that it's a nationalist first minister um, and uh, the but, but I think the what, what is emerging is a more fragmented political uh, landscape, both within Northern Ireland, just as we have in the Republic. Uh, and I think there are greater opportunities into the future. Uh, personally, I would like to see more reforms in how the system works in the North now so that we don't ever get to a situation again in the future where one party, irrespective of, of which yes. uh, background, uh, can stop uh, the, the assembly from convening uh, or an executive being formed, because I'm a fundamentally a parliamentary democrat, I believe if an election happens a parliament or an assembly should naturally be convened after that general election, and then an executive form but this is a very significant day um, and um, I wish all of the new ministers th- th- there are many new MLAs who have been elected as well, who have been denied an opportunity for the last year and a half to yes. get on the platform to speak and to profile and to work for their constituents and Uh, those interesting new voices will be, uh, I think, important as well. Um, But I think it is without question, um, it's it's, it's a very significant day because it manifests a change that occurred in the election a year and a half ago. And I was very keen and very clear that the votes of the people, the mandate of the people, had to be reflected in the formation of this particular assembly and this particular executive uh, with the leadership um, that the people ordained.
0: Now, Mary Lou Macdonald, the leader of Sinn Féin, and I quote her, said, we are now within touching distance of uh, United Ireland. There are 1.9 million people in the north, and at least half of them regard themselves as British. They look to London. They are British. And we have been having a debate down here about border poll, about a development. I interviewed former Taoiseach Bertie Hearn. He said he thought before 2030 we would have a border poll. Have we got to be careful about the sensitivity of the British people in the North, as well, as, of course,
1: as understanding the aspiration of all Irish people for unity? We have to be very sensitive uh, to this and... Um my views on unity is it's not about demographics as much as it's about reconciling people and enabling people to be comfortable in each other's company. Yes, I think you've used the phrase an agreed Ireland. Yes, I have. Which sounds And one that evolves. And And one that evolves. I mean, it's very interesting. What we're witnessing in the last two to three years is the long shadow of Brexit. Those who put forward Brexit didn't think of Northern Ireland. No. Didn't think of the implications on Northern Ireland. I was only up there during the week and it was interesting talking to to business people, talking to people from the unionist perspective. And we probably didn't get it as much as unionists on the ground feel it, whether we agree or not. They see Brexit as the first time, particularly the protocol and the Windsor framework, as where European frameworks have an influence on Northern Ireland, unlike any other part of, as they see it, of the UK. Um... Uh, whereas we would say, well, that's to the benefit of Northern Ireland because Northern Ireland has access to the GB market and will have access yes. to the single market, which will benefit jobs. And like, But they saw it more in identity terms and historically as a threat to their position um, within the union. Uh, so I think we've got to continue to work to reconcile people and to make people comfortable. That's why I've developed the shared island initiative, yes. which, to be fair to civic unionism and people generally in Northern Ireland, they have been okay with uh, they haven't done anything to try and prevent it or stop it which is welcome and it was more I was kind of taken by Seamus Malins when he was launching his book when he made the point about his neighbor he said my neighbors people are here now for 400 years yes in the land and the settlements or plantation whatever it's about time he said i learned how to share this piece of ground with them and that's the idea of the shared island everybody's entitled to their constitutional position shared island is without prejudice to your constitutional position if you favor united ireland or if you favor maintenance of the union with the uk but in the meantime can we please work on common challenges common problems and provide solutions for them whether it's on climate biodiversity we now have an all-island women's forum established out of it we have an all-island youth forum where we want younger voices to come forward we have forums for migrants in northern ireland and people who uh, who've come in to live in Northern Ireland and make it their home. What, what is their view about the future yes. uh, configuration? Um, and issues like energy, health, education. And so I'm on that pragmatic sort of track. Uh, let's make Northern Ireland politics work. But above all, let's have really seamless engagement and cooperation, North and South, dialogue, research, um, and then investment. So we're, we're doing the full Ulster Canal, uh, the nor- narrow water bridges coming to a tender stage, uh, we've invested about 40 million, the, the Republic has, in research projects between universities in the North and universities in the Republic on matters that concern us both. How do how do we diagnose cancer better, for example? So the best brains now, North and South, are working on that and we're funding that. That to me is the kind of pragmatic approach that we should kind of, that, that means something to people on the ground.
0: Although it is a very poignant moment for nationalists in the North and for people who aspire to United Ireland, could it also be a dangerous moment if we don't manage things properly? In other words, if we go too quickly, if Mary Lou MacDonald thinks that we're now within touching distance, what signal is that sending to the million people, let's say, in the North who regard themselves as British? And, And don't we have to be mindful? Of their culture, their aspirations, and not be too hasty.
1: Yes, I think the Good Friday Agreement was all parity of esteem. It was about understanding different cultures, traditions, and where people are coming from. It the first time in in, in the twentieth century, or indeed in the late nineteenth century, that we faced up to the issue yes. of people with different loyalties and different traditions within the island of Ireland. And we still, but we, but. I don't think we completed that journey of reconciliation. And I think that's one of the that's one of the deficiencies, I think, where we didn't succeed in the Good Friday Agreement over 25 years. We haven't built the bridges enough, the hard yards of saying what you're saying about reconciling and about engaging. And people like it's interesting, I met loyalist communities recently, and they don't feel it's gone their way, put it that way. Yes. Right? And they certainly won't. And hearing language like that's why they don't feel it's going their way even in terms of material impacts in their communities or economic impacts on their communities. And that's where we have to make a difference. And I think we've got to work with people. The configurations can evolve. You know, what I mean by configuration? Political systems can change. But fundamentally, it's the old Wolf Tone idea of uniting Catholic, Protestant and dissenter. And now I add the new Irish as well to the equation. You've got to, it's about people. Not necessarily about territory anyway, it's about people. Um, And, and, there are plenty of examples where that works. Uh, you take rugby, for example, has always been on, yes. a, on an all-island basis and people get on and work and they're pragmatic. Uh, and it has worked. I feel in industry and in business and in patience, they want to work pragmatically together. They want to make things work for their employees. They want to get new businesses into Northern Ireland. They want to get new investment. They want to raise living standards. They, I, sometimes there's an impatience with politics in the North that it's not dealing with those day-to-day concerns of people uh, as much as the as they are with the kind of political and identity issues. Let me ask you
0: about your own feeling. And I get away from this after Mm. I ask this question. But President T. your partner in government, Leo Radcliffe, has said he believes there will be a United Ireland in his lifetime. Do you feel there will be a United Ireland in your lifetime? And you're looking really well. There's no sign of you uh, passing. (laughs) But is that the kind of thing we shouldn't be saying?
1: I never say it. Uh, yes. I just avoid it I, I, because I can remember Jack Lynch saying that in the nineteen seventies. You know, I actually do remember it as a young fellow. Right. Because that seems to be a question that every Irish politician gets asked. Yeah. I, I believe in uni- unity and, yes. and the unity of the Irish people. But and by the way, I, I was never. I was re- very strong against the idea of the border poll. I thought that yes. was a bad reaction to Brexit. Yes. It was a knee-jerk reaction. I think Sinn Féin have pulled back from the border poll. They resurrected every now and again. Yes. But we should learn from the Brexit poll. Don't repeat it. Right. Look at the damage right. Brexit has done to Britain. Look yes. at the damage it's done to Northern Ireland. Yes. Uh we need to uh, work within the Good Friday Agreement, work with people, evolve it, advance it, um and and work with people as opposed to sort of saying your day is numbered kind of yeah. line. Patience. Which would patience, be... absolutely. And that's why I'm reluctant to talk about it in my lifetime. I don't know how yeah, long I've no. got. No, you've been very complimentary to me and so on like that in terms of my lifespan. Um so I feel it doesn't add a whole lot to the debate by no. saying it's going to happen in my life. It's lifetime. grandstanding I mean, in a way. I, I'm not into it, really, you know. Uh, but what I am, into the hard yards, and I, I've worked all my life on Northern Ireland. I often said it's the reason I got into politics as a young person. Yes. Um, and that's one of the reasons, like, I never thought we'd get Good Friday. You yes. must have been the same. Yes. I was just immune to the daily diet of bombs and bullets since so I was eight yes. years of age. 1968, yes. it breaks out. You go through Bloody Sunday, the horrors of that then the terrible atrocities. My reading of late is all about Northern Ireland again. Yes. You know, I've read the Scappettici book. I'm reading Killing Thatcher. I've read that by Richard Raw. Uh, Patrick Radnall Keith's book, on Say Nothing. Uh, they reveal, by the way, the sordid nature of the, camp, of, the of of the war yes. uh, that the Provisional IRA ran. And what I really would like from Sinn Féin is to say, look, it was wrong. Like yes. There was no justification for King's Mills. There was no justification for a lot of what we did. I understand in the late sixties and early seventies, young people being, you know, angry in Northern Ireland and, and moving into militarism. But uh, I was in Colombia recently. It's very striking in their peace process. The FARC have come forward and said that the abductions and the kidnappings, and there was about six thousand of them, were wrong. Yes. Yeah. And the the, the, the the jurisdictional body that's arbitrating between state forces, who also have come forward and said they were involved in six thousand extrajudicial killings. They were wrong. We do need to say to the younger generation, actually, the gun doesn't work. Yes. We shouldn't triumphalize it or glorify it. War is terrible. Yes. And there's better ways to dealing with it. I would like Sinn Féin to have that moment because I think it's important for the younger generation of today to hear that message rather than making heroes and sort of triumphalizing what were terrible deeds in many cases and very sad as well in terms of young people prematurely going to their death, and you see that in the Scappettici book, yes, um, where you have young 20-year-olds caught up, interrogated by the RUC, and then interrogated by, by IRA's internal security, Scappettici, and then killed. No. Uh, and I'm saying, you know, it's, it, someone has, um, said recently at a conference, I was at, for young people, beware of army generals, beware of politicians telling you you should join this and join that and get involved in conflict. And that was the truest word ever said, you know.
0: Let me ask you then, finally, I want to move on and talk about other things, but there are people who Sinn Féin are leading the opinion polls in this country. They have a substantial lead, perhaps not enough to form a government. And again, I'll quote Leo Vrachter, I think. They said they won't go into government with Sinn Féin. And the reasons they won't, I think, are there are people around Sinn Fein, who are still linked to that past, that bloody past, and that makes them persona non grata. Do you, as a leader of your party, have an open mind after the next election about who you would go into government with? I don't want to ask you a, a stupid question.
1: That's a fair question. But do you have some reservation? About that. I do. As, as I just articulated, I have major reservations about the degree to which um, Sinn Fein condones the past, triumphalizes the past. And there are very serious issues. The G. McConville case, for yes. example, uh, you know, again, um, in the Say Nothing book, you know, you read about yes. the Price Sisters and, and the degree, what, what happened there, and a couple of other people murdered in that manner uh, and people disappeared and so on like that.
0: There's a young boy Um, murdered in South Hamill. Yes. And uh, was murdered by a gang of Republicans. It's a shocking case. And it's a very, very recent case.
1: We don't want people like that in government. Well, two, two, two things about that. Those are very shocking cases but there's an absence of any acceptance of that, acknowledgement of that by Sinn Féin. That crime that, that, was committed in
0: Monaghan, although it yeah. originated... It's the Paul Quinn case. It yes. Yeah, yeah. It originated in South Armagh. Yes, yeah. And he was blackguarded by a prominent Sinn Féin
1: figure yeah. who said he was involved in crime and he wasn't. And it met his parents. Yes. And I'll it's never a forget terrible case. the mother saying to me, every bone in his body yes. was broken. Yes, every
0: systematically, systematically Lord." To a location in yeah. our
1: state. Yeah. yeah. Hor- horrific. But there are many horrific cases. Uh, and yes, that creates a problem that they haven't faced up to. Right. And, um, and, and in addition to that, I also, though, for more fundamentally believe in, in the program for government is a key issue. I think their policies, um, and I've seen evidence of it in more recent times, um, in, in terms of their economic policies, are not ones that sit easily with me. Um, in terms of I fundamentally believe they're anti-enterprise in the end of the day I think they're also dragged everywhere by the far left yes um, I see it on every single issue the far left at the far left raise an issue Sinn Féin are covering their base Sinn Féin is very much an electoral machine I'm not sure sure it's focused on governance to the degree that it should be um, and um, uh, and that would be a real worry for me going into government with Sinn Féin in that you'll be dragged in all directions yes. very quickly because it's one thing to say everything you want to say in opposition. And they're saying a lot that will never happen in government. Uh, but I know the pressures of government. And even now we're in a three-party government and there are pressures. Yes. And you can be moved in different directions. Uh, I have no doubt if economic situations became more difficult, Sinn Féin would be pulled very far left. Uh, you'd have far more taxation. Um, and you'd have far more anti-enterprise policies um, emerging. Uh, than we currently have. And these are are very real issues.
0: You might have issues with multinationals as well. Absolutely. Who come here. Absolutely. um, Because it is a business-friendly Yeah.
1: And it's been a long journey for Sinn Féin to accept the multinational agenda. I mean, people forget this. You know, they've changed policies fairly significantly on that front because they they, they had huge taxation. But I think they would kill this SME sector in particular uh, is where I see it. Would you rule it out? I haven't ruled anything out yet. Right. Uh, but we will make a decision closer to it. I'm very yeah. conscious that the, 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 the politics is much more fragmented now. Um, and I don't buy the polls. And I, th- I think, I find it extraordinary actually, the comment. I have an issue with polls and commentary on polls because media love polls because it gives them material to comment on. Uh, it's just such
0: super stories.
1: All of that, exactly. Yeah. But how real is it at times? And particularly these internet panel polling, they yeah. can give trends, but... They're not as um, scientific, perhaps, as earlier door-to-door polls um, were. But park that for a moment, and I'm not an expert on it. Um, but at the moment, like, like in the heyday when Fianna Fáil were at 40%, Fianna Fáil wouldn't get into power at 40%. When yes. It was the days of the overall majority. And there was no roaring and screaming that if the other parties who, between them, got 45 or 50, went into government, no one said we're being deprived, even though we were at 40%. I mean, uh, there were Fianna Fáil governments our Fáil parties on 47% didn't make it into government uh, my point being last election Sinn Féin got about 20 um, was it 4 or whatever percent 25 and everyone was saying a denial of democracy that they weren't in government yeah. it was most extraordinary commentary for a, a week or two Yeah, their PR machine went into overdrive not the media kind of bought into it and I'm saying this is a new reality that if you're on 25% you have an automatic right to be in government no you don't we have a parliamentary democracy. It's proportional representation. It's whoever has the majority in dial air and following a general election goes into government. So I think it's wide open. It's all to play for. Even the most recent poll shows that uh, between the existing parties in government, there are other parties in the opposition who will get seats and there are independents yes. who are increasingly a strong force. And now because, like historically we defied the political science with proportional multi-seat electoral systems. We two and a half party systems if you define it again later. We're now following the science insofar as political... That that system is meant to give you fragmentation and it is in spades. And that makes government more difficult. So whoever gets in has to learn to compromise and has to learn to work in a coherent manner with other parties with different priorities. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: Now, as Minister of for Foreign Affairs, we're living in a very turbulent and dangerous world, which may have changed forever, many people feel. The instability in the United States. In Europe, also, there are divisions, and some of them are quite serious. As a consequence, we found ourselves here with immigrants coming. We have, I think, about 50,000 from
1: Ukraine or thereabouts. 100? The 100, 100. Um, refugees from Ukraine. And uh, we have about 15,000, up to 15,000 uh, international protection asylum seekers came into the country last year, which is a five-fold increase on what we would have been experiencing in terms of the uh, international asylum system in 2019.
0: You're very clearly conscious of the unrest about people coming in to the country when there is a feeling that we can't really house mm-hmm. our own we can't provide a health service, we can't provide necessarily GPs even in certain parts of the country. We have very limited resources. That's the feeling and it's probably the truth. How do you deal with
1: that, do you think?
0: You understand it.
1: I understand it. Does it Uh, present dangers? It prevents huge challenges. It prevents dangers in terms of where politics can go with that kind of pressure. Yes. Um, And we've seen the polarization in the United States. Um, on the migration question, we see yes. it in Britain. Um, but I think we should watch what happened in Britain and make sure we don't make the same mistakes. So, what do I mean by that? Brexit was a function of migration in Britain. A cause uh, was, was an outcome of, of yes. all the debate. So, in yes. other words, let's take back control. A populist response. Let yeah. us, um, you know, come out of Europe, uh, and then we won't have as much migration. Uh, it's interesting, I was watching Jacob Reeves-Mogg's on his new station, GB, whatever, yeah, on, on Twitter yesterday with a farmer, right? <laughs> and the farmer was saying, I can't get any, and he, he obviously picked the wrong farmer because he obviously thought he had a farmer who was supportive of Brexit, the farmer was anything yeah. but. And he was saying, I can't get any employees in Britain, I can't get any yes. Europeans to pick the strawberries anymore, they're coming from Afghanistan, they're coming yes. from India. Yes. And so it didn't change the migration story, but it has done damage to the British economy, Um Conservatives are saying, we're going to stop the boats. Well, they're not stopping the boats. So we have to learn lessons from that. We do need a strong um, asylum system. In other words, a lot of people are economic um, migrants. migrants, uh, Not necessarily under the Geneva Conventions, you know, fitting into the category of seeking asylum. So our our processes have to be faster and we have to give people answers more quickly. You either do qualify under the asylum laws or you don't. And then people have to move away if they don't. Um, and then we have work permit systems that look at, you know, there were 40,000 work permits given out last year. Some of them are renewals now. Um, so there's always a new cohort. So the point I'm making is that we have to, and it is difficult, but the, the problem is and the challenge is what's happening in the world. And you said it. I've been to South America recently, Colombia and Mexico. Huge migration trails there. Huge um, and it's not all moving. And North America is the holy grail for many of the migrants. And they're coming, yes. by the way, through that route now from Afghanistan from Asia, which is and China, which I yes. did not uh, really anticipate, but th- th- this is what they were telling me. Many are settling in Mexico now. Mexico is becoming a destination. Um, but of course, many are moving to the North America uh, border and will take their chances. Um, I don't know if you've read Sally Hayden's book, um, The Four-Time Drowning. I think. No. It's 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 the story of migration to the prism of the migrant. So yes. a, a young 16 or 17-year-old Eritrean, who, if he doesn't get out of Eritrea, is condemned to a life of slavery yes. in the military in Eritrea. Yes, and of course, these and then, people and they, in these countries, they see the life we're living on television. Correct. But then they don't want to be a slave to some no. army general. So they're moving in through Sudan, they end up in a Libyan warehouse, custody of a trafficker. Their family are paying thousands, they're not being moved on. Yes. So th- this is the horrible story of people trafficking. Is
0: this a reality that Europe collectively has to respond to? And is it a reality that we in this country have to be more
1: rigorous about? We do, and I think there's two ways to respond. The most fundamental way is that we, we do actually have to fund these countries to give quality of life to those countries that people will not want to leave right. those countries in the first instance. So, for example, we've just concluded a deal with Egypt. Egypt, how, you know, look after a lot of migration from Sudan and elsewhere. And they protect Europe, actually. They don't allow migrants to move on. They actually will. But we have to look, help them look after people to develop a life in Egypt, for example. Yes, We have to, and we, with Turkey, we have a deal, some would say an unsavory deal, where millions of Syrians are in Turkey. Um, and we pay over a billion or more to Aragon uh, to maintain yes. that status quo. But I think more fundamentally with our global aid programs, which are strong, we've got to make life worthwhile in Africa. But the problem I see is we have a lot of malign actors in the world. Putin, he yes. created Ukraine. 12 million people displaced. I felt from a humanitarian point of view, we couldn't be found wanting in a major European yes. war to take in we all saw the photographs initially no one thought it would go on two years if i'm honest maybe naively but we rightly i think brought mothers and children away from war you know in the fullness of time we'll reflect on that and say that that wasn't a that was a good thing to do that's my personal belief um and but on the other hand the pressures are growing on, on, on on the accommodation i acknowledge that people are tired people are worried they're wary Uh, A lot of fears are are being stoked up and there is an accommodation crisis. There is no point in saying otherwise. I would like to think the Ukrainian situation will resolve itself. Uh, I think the war will enter into a new phase um, towards the middle of this year. That's my kind of instincts. Uh, And I think some will resettle back to Ukraine. Uh, Others may stay here, but I do believe that side will settle down. On the migration side, I think we do have to have stronger systems to make sure, you know, this week, Algeria, Botswana were named as safe countries. Yes. Like safe countries, don't need we don't. Yes. Like they're not really escaping horrors or desperate situations. Migrants. Yeah, and I think we, we, there's limits to what we can do there. There's a work permit system through which people should apply uh, for that type of uh, migration, and we do need faster processing, which we are doing. Uh, and we need to be clear about that and it's not a question of we don't have open borders that's a myth you know we, we don't have we've, we we we've, we find airlines about 1.4 million last year for not doing their checks properly right. uh, when people are getting on planes and then getting not having proper documentation and so on like that so we will be more rigorous there and we have Gardie appointed to watch for trafficking and, and, and all that kind of thing so we have actually controls in place and we are monitoring it very very carefully but all over the world, this is a huge issue. It's destabilizing Europe. Uh, you know, the far right yes. are moving on the migration question in Germany. You saw the results in Holland. Yes. This is everywhere. Uh, yes. It's not Ireland. And uh, Italy, Italy also. Italy as well, yeah.
0: Okay, Thomas. I'm
1: very grateful to you.
0: I'm sure our listeners will be, but there's one thing I have to ask you about. And it's the recent renaming of Park of Supervalue Park. It's been change now it's supervalue Park Requeave uh, tell I, me about your view of that were you as horrified
1: as the people in Cork I was and um, it was
0: going to be called
1: supervalue Park Supervalue Park and I um, got, and we all like Supervalue. I like supervalue I shop in supervalue yeah. I like the whole ethos of it and yeah. and, and the most grave group is a Cork company uh, right. and it kind of they're very good to local Irish companies in terms of new companies food companies They want to sell new products I'm very good at that I mean uh, I always remember the Cully and Sully soups. They got their, their first day out in, uh, in Super Value. Many other companies did as well. Uh, but Parky Keeve, to me, and um, like from a family, I remember 16 years of age being there when Parky Keeve was first opened. Uh, and it was uh, seven points each in you know, a draw against Kerry. And the replay, and my brother was in goal with the Cork minor team. Right. He often jokes he was the first guy onto the new Parky Keeve. <laughs> <laughs> this is personal, right? Yes. And... Um, then the draw was the best game of football I ever saw. Yeah. We were robbed, of course. Yeah. Uh, John Maloney with lit, John Murray's referee, and umpires, and we, Brian. Oh, I could tell you the whole story about the 76 to Final. So these things are not just about names, you know, they're in no. your very kind of blood, yes, of course. you know, and then over time, and the new stadium is fantastic. Yes. Credit to the GA, it's got it's into debt. In we, we need to okay. sort the capital element of yes. Parker Key But it's a fabulous, I mean, Hollimer Hertig said to me, he loves the new stadium Yes. because he says it's one of the few stadiums where you can as you say, ease yourself out at the pitch, me hall, you know, yeah. and have a good chat about the game. Yes. Uh, and it's a lovely facility. Padraig O'Keeve was a founder of my club, Name Rangers. Right. So, um, and we had our centenary last year. Yeah. And we all in the club heard the story of Padraig O'Keeve, who with another guy after the Civil War, joined forces, two clubs came together and formed Neymar Rangers. Uh, we have the most all-earning club titles by an inch. Uh, we have seven, Cross have six the club of Billy Morgan, Diddy Allen, Brian Murphy, Frank yeah. Hogan, you can, or, and Jimmy, Paul, Jimmy Kerrigan, Paul Kerrigan, mm-hmm. uh, Luke Connolly, and or, or Colin Cocker. I could go on and on, again, trouble now, but the point is, he, he was Nemo too, you know, <laughs> so I said it <laughs> so, and and I am come from the sports mad family, I feel that the compromise is fine, it's, it's like saying, could you take simple stadium out of, out of? No. like, I remember reading Raymond Smith, a late journalist, no. from the, the first book in sport, I read, the book of Hurling, yes, and what just leaps out of the book is Simple Stadium. Yes, just leaps out of the book because it's it's the occasion of memories of Ring and Mackie and yes, all indeed. of this kind of stuff. Like and
0: the centenary, so the final was
1: played. Uh, it was in, in Torliss, yeah, in yeah, Simple Stadium. She so can't Stadium. disappear the names. No, She just can't do that. You know, so you're uh, happy with the compromise. So I'm happy with the compromise. Yeah, 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 you know. I think it's a, and I understand the economic necessity, and um, and I normally don't feel it's appropriate. I'd be honest with you, you know, for the politician, the person in government to come out sort of pronouncing, but. This was personal. Tisho, sorry,
0: Tanister, that's okay, him <laughs> I. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> I take the first one. You will be again, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, uh, we're very grateful to you for joining us on the stand on this historic occasion. Thank you very much indeed. We're grateful to the leader of Winterfell, of course, and the Minister for Foreign Affairs. A very difficult brief in this troubled world. We're grateful to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50